Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we review the 2021 Liam Neeson movie, The Marksman. We talk about what message does this movie try to send? We talk about the many plot holes and strange moments in this poorly titled film. We also briefly, briefly go to Accent Corner and talk about Liam Neeson hanging out in Arizona with a Northern Ireland accent. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Perfect. Nate, we are back once again with a new Mots. It's been a couple weeks, but listeners, thank you. For your patronage. I didn't know what to say there. I just kind of I led into that and, and you were giving me no help. So there it is. And now I'm letting the silence just kind of drag on. <laughs> yes, That's listeners, terrible. sorry, but we are back. And we are yes. back with the side of the bread that we butter. Man, <laughs> it's been a while since I podcast. <laughs> I know, we're both, both a little rusty. Okay, listen, we did another Liam Neeson movie because Liam Neeson is... One of our guys. Yes. I mean, is that fair to say? He's like one of our guys. Yeah, absolutely. One of our first movies we did was that train movie. Was it called Collateral? No, not Collateral. Oh, The Commuter. The Commuter. Yes. That's the name. I had to look in our past episodes for a moment. Okay. So Liam Neeson, he's one of our favorites because, I don't know if this is fair to say, but he's in movies that may not be of the highest caliber, but he's usually good in them. And he is fun to watch. Does that uh, comport with your idea? Yeah, and I think his voice is amazing. Yes. I thought he was great in the original Taken, as did a lot of people, because he has since done about the same role in many movies. <laughs> Although he has to be in his like firmly in his mid-70s by now. Is that fair to say? Okay, so here's the thing. This right Not to be ageist. This right here, what you have just hit on was going to be my first point. So before we even get to that, we watched The Marksman, as we said in the intro. This was a movie that came out this year, 2021, as we record. And it's taken in uh, the South. <laughs> it's taken in like Arizona, New Mexico, right? Ish? Right, heading towards Chicago. Heading towards Chicago, which, apropos. So, first of all, Rotten Tomatoes, let's get this out of the way, and then I want to talk about how old is Liam Neeson. So, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, what do they give this movie? I would say critics would put it at 40. Very close. 37. Yep. Critics gave it 37. What do you think the audience gave this movie? Think about all the Liam Neeson fans out there, like us in the world. Uh Uh-huh. What do you think they gave this movie? I think... There's a lot of fan service in this movie. I think it kind of knows its audience here. And I'm going to say that it sits at 63. The audience gave this movie 84%. Okay, it really is fan service. Holy cow. <laughs> 84%. Now, what? As this in movie the began, world. So I saw this, you know, you see the movie poster pop up on whatever yep. streaming device you use. And you say, hey. It's Liam Neeson holding a rifle, and the movie is called The Marksman. Now, in my mind, I have Mark Wahlberg and the movie Shooter. Yeah. And I say, oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be Liam Neeson, like, propped up on some buildings or in fields, using his marksman skills to take out bad guys. That was my thought. And then the line for this movie in IMDb is... And tell me if this doesn't just pull you in. Mm -hmm. 
A rancher on the Arizona border becomes the unlikely defender of a young Mexican boy desperately fleeing the cartel assassins who've pursued him into the U.S. Starring Liam Neeson, called the marksman, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Even that summary is like, okay, okay. that sounds That's exciting. great. Let's, let's do it. Right. And then you begin to watch this movie. And first of all, one of What's our spoiler st- horn setup? Mm. I think we need one. We'll do a spoiler horn at the spoiler, end. Spoiler, it's bad. Right, right, <laughs> right before the very end where we talk about the last scene and then the last, last scene, if you know what okay. I mean. We'll okay. do spoiler horns then. Okay. As you begin to watch this movie, though, it becomes apparent that this is not one of those Taken movies. No. This is not like The Commuter, even, or Nonstop, which is taken on a plane. This is Liam Neeson's, like, I don't know how to say it. I don't know. His sunset role? Great uncle sort of role? What do you think I yelled to my smart speaker device in the first five minutes of this movie? Add subtitles. <laughs> no, that's on by default for me. Oh. I asked Siri, how old is Liam Neeson? I looked this up. <laughs> I looked this up. <laughs> because the last time I remember seeing him in a movie, I thought he was maybe in his 50s. And, you know, he had that Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford rugged look, but was still an action star. Mm -hmm. And listen, I still love Liam Neeson, and I still enjoyed watching him in this movie. This is not a knock on Liam Neeson, but I did not realize this man is almost 70 years old. Yep, 69. This man is 69 years old. And I said, okay, maybe this is going to be one of those slow Liam Neeson movies, but still cool because he's going to talk to somebody on the phone in that voice and say he has a particular set of skills. Leave now, man. It's not really that either. I will not look for you. (laughs) I will not find you. (laughs) But if you do not leave, I will make a movie so boring, so infuriating, (laughs) that you'll wish it for it to be over. Your Liam Neeson voice and your Ent voice from Lord of the Rings is very close. It's very right, it's close just a fast, a faster talking Ent. Mm, that's right, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. I need to say this. Yeah, I am very happy that we have moved to this stage of Liam Neeson's illustrious career. Yeah, because this movie does not pretend like Taken Three does. That he is an action star. Mm. And I think that there comes a time, I think the George Clooney arc also kind of did this when they learned, hey, let's not make him the like main romantic heartthrob anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's make him sort more of a goofy character or like the older, wiser. Right, 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 right. I think, you know, they kind of let Liam Neeson be 69 in this movie. And I think that's... That's good. I uh, yeah. That is very yeah. good. I'm not sure if like Denzel's done a few like this where, you know, right. You know, with uh fences where he's like, "All right, he doesn't have to be like the equalizer anymore. He can just be an <laughs> older gentleman." Yes. And that's what I appreciate. Now, do I think it requires you to be an action star to do sweet marksman stuff? No. No. But we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Let me do this. I'm going to try and summarize this movie in like three sentences. I mean, the the last sentence should be how it ends because that is, but you can't give a spoiler. But if, if I were to tack on a sentence at the end of what you said, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> so the setup is Liam Neeson is a widower who is down and out and about to lose his house and farm through financial trouble. Yep. And he works the border 
in southern New Mexico, the Mexico-American border. That's mm-hmm. one sentence. That was one yep. sentence. I added a couple ands there. Yep. A mother and son are escaping Mexico yep. by hiring a coyote, crossing through the fence down there on the border because yep. their family member is involved in the drug cartel. Yep. Second sentence. And here's the third sentence. The mother dies during the escape, and Liam Neeson has to fulfill a promise to bring the boy to his family in Chicago and ensues a kind of slow chase across America where the Mexican drug cartel is trying to kill Liam Neeson and get the boy back, and he is fleeing with the boy. A type of chase slash road trip that is neither heartwarming nor action-packed. <laughs> I mean... It falls in that in-between of, like, ah, stuff's happening. It also, this movie, which knows its audience and knows, I would say, an audience that would love to have a ranch in Arizona mm. and an audience that is maybe a little older, an audience that is a little distrustful of credit card companies <laughs> and how people can track your credit card purchases I'm talking, I think this movie looks directly at its audience and says, you seem like a group of people who is a little more comfortable using cash than mm. letting the big bank track you. Well, Is okay. that fair to say? that the, what this? So here's my thought on that. First of all, did I do okay summarizing? I mean, yeah, it was a great summary. Okay, yeah. thank you. This movie has a lot to say about... Immigration. Yeah. And people trying to come into the country for different reasons. Yeah. And the ramifications of that. Like, this movie says a lot. And, okay, so as you say, the audience for this is one thing. Yeah. But I feel like that audience, if that is the audience, then this movie is trying to (laughs) instruct people that all the border police are in the pocket of the Mexican drug cartel. Yes, that's (laughs) correct. (laughs) That... Go on. Building a wall is not a good idea. Uh, No, a wall that you can cut a hole in. Well, but... It needs a better wall. So here's the deal. So Liam Neeson at the beginning of this movie, as this mother and son cross the border and are being chased by the Mexican drug cartel, literally calls the border patrol on them. Right. Like, he he sees this mother and son. She's begging him not to call Border Patrol. His deceased wife's daughter works for Border Patrol and seems to overall be a good person. So at that moment, yeah, I feel like the audience would be like, he did what he was supposed to do. He did the right thing. And then the rest of the movie, I think, is trying to (laughs) subvert that idea. As you see Liam Neeson's character switch from calling Border Patrol to understanding the plight and then literally breaking as many laws as he needs to to get this boy to his family in Chicago. But I would say the movie then takes a turn towards it's I'm not sure if it's so much of him like helping like DACA and helping this boy become an American. I think it's more about fighting the cartel at that point. I think he's doing this to fight the cartel. I guess, but he's also one of these people that he made a promise, he made a commitment to this boy's mother as she was dying in front of him. And he is one of those guys, that, which I respect, that says, I made this promise, I have to do this thing, 
even if it means breaking all the laws or going to jail. But at the beginning, at the beginning, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't taking the boy to Chicago in order to fulfill a promise as much as the mother had a bag full of cash. Right. And I think he was doing it... For the money? For the money? Okay, okay. His house, his house, early on in this movie, gets absolutely burnt yeah. he owes the drug cartel burns it he doesn't like drop yeah. a cigarette by accident he the, the yeah, cartel yeah. burns he, it. his his cattle are bad he's losing money he needs more money the, right a, a city slicker guy who's i don't know his name is basically city slicker bank man <laughs> again can't trust big banks right. keep your cash where you can find it he comes in is like well you have to we're gonna auction off your place because you owe money on this or whatever because he spends a lot of money on his wife's medication which again very good backstory all makes sense but then he looks at a bag which i look at it and i think that looks like maybe twenty thousand dollars in cash i don't know maybe it could be more it's a small little purse it's it's a hundreds but yeah it's not like a million i don't think (laughs) no it's definitely not a million i mean i feel like a million dollars even in 50s would take a lot of 50s and it would not fit in that little bag (sighs) yeah so (laughs) anyway his house gets burnt down and he knows it because his we'll just call her the daughter-in-law tells him hey the cartel burnt your house down so he has no real ranch to go back to he's lost everything Is he still thinking like, yeah, is he still like, man, I could really use this $20,000. Like, I'm still doing this for money? Because at first, I thought, oh, he's he's taking the money so that he can pay off the bank and keep his house. But he doesn't ever seem worried that his ranch and everything, his livelihood, and the place where he buried his wife is now gone and burnt. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird motivation because he talks about his ranch like, that's where I buried my wife. And saying it in a way that he never wants to yeah. lose it. You know, he wants to keep it forever. But then he doesn't really talk about... I don't know. I, here's my problem with the movie. Yeah. Now, this movie's called The Marksman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I feel like this movie would have been better served being called The Chase or something like... <laughs> the, this movie was almost called... The alternate title was The Minute Man. That's even worse. I don't. That's from the trivia section. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Any, anyway... I agree that the motivation to keep the ranch or for the money is confusing, especially later where there's a scene, which one of my biggest questions in my notes is, why does he feel the need to burn the money later? <laughs> which It's cartel money. We could talk about that in a second. But as the movie called The Marksman, yep. this movie would have been better served being called The SUV or The Truck. Yep. Because they were- The Truck. It, it they should spent be more called, time. No, it should be called- the dog oh jackson the dog okay yes, but okay so, no, no no going back the marksman there is a scene early on he has his rifle and he shoots a coyote that has like attacked a cow or something one of his <laughs> cattle yes and at that point and you see him look down the scope and i think yep oh yeah i i understand what you're doing here you're setting up that he is an awesome shot yes and so at that point i thought okay great we're gonna do it then from there he probably shoots mm, four guys using a scope is that true i was gonna say three maybe three because after that coyote he shoots the one cartel guy not as a marksman just like somewhat close up kind of close range and then not for the whole middle hour of this movie does he pick up a rifle. There is an extended scene of him buying a rifle, but... <laughs> and again, a commentary on like guns in America and how the guy behind the desk was just like, yeah, I'll just report it stolen. That's fine. 
weird. Like it felt <laughs> literally like propaganda yeah. in the middle of this movie. I'm no criminal, but someone's after me and I need to watch my back. The police can't help me. I know it's asking a lot, but it's life or death. To be honest, I don't know what the moral of this story is supposed to be because it does feel like it's trying to be everything to all people, I think. I think all we can know is that credit cards are bad. I feel like you could watch this entire movie and just be even further implanted in your thoughts about... Maybe that's the trick, man, the Kobayashi (laughs) Maru. It's basically like, listen, if you're all about, hey, uh, you know, we have to tighten up immigration, then you're probably like, yeah, we need, this is great, that's the cartel, and we need to, like, tighten up. And if you're like, hey, there are people who are escaping Mexico for a better life, and we need to help them out, you probably go like, yeah, good job, Liam Neeson. So I think what this movie's doing (laughs) is somehow playing both sides of the aisle with Liam Neeson. And by playing both sides, they end up playing neither. President Liam Neeson. In that scene where he is buying a gun, which honestly that scene is probably the one scene where we see more guns than at any other point in this movie called mm-hmm. The Marksman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too easy to buy a gun, but also thank goodness it was easy to buy a gun because he needs to protect himself from the cartel. It's like Yeah, I don't think that I don't think ways. that scene was supposed to be like we need better gun control. I think that scene is supposed to be like listen, you can trust this old army uh this old <laughs> marine uh to buy a gun. Right. I think that's what that's supposed to be is like hey, from one Vietnam guy to another like yeah, I get, and anyway, I think that would look okay. Okay, okay, wait. we got to go back. We got to go back. We got to go back. So confusing. Real quick, Stephen. Yes, Liam Neeson, accent corner. <laughs> he is he is doing normal Liam Neeson. Yeah, Scottish is that his heritage? Irish? Sure. Where is Liam Neeson from? I'll look uh, while you while you continue your, okay. your thoughts. I'll look Northern oh, Ireland. No, Ireland. Northern He's from Ireland. Northern, Northern Ireland. Okay. Liam Neeson is from Northern Ireland. Is it correct that he is never trying to do like a an American accent? The kid's not going back. That's what I'm calling to tell you. I'm doing what his mother asked. I'm taking him to her family. Yeah, I don't think he ever tries to pull out some southern Arizona accent. Do you feel like we need explanation of why Liam Neeson, uh, a guy with a sweet voice and an Irish accent, is living in Arizona? <laughs> no, I need an explanation about why this movie's called The Marksman and he only shoots three guys with a ro- with a rifle. I don't know. It was going to be cooler. Just blame COVID. I don't know. Accent corner is weird. He doesn't even try. He then meets yes. a man who fixes his car who has a full-on oh. Irish accent. <laughs> Who is living in like New Mexico? And I'm like, are there no Americans in this movie? <laughs> when that car repair guy showed up on screen and started talking, I watched this with Whitney. Whitney was like, who is this guy? Like, what is happening here? This is the strangest thing. It is so, it is all so strange, Nate. His daughter's a Canadian actress. Now I'm starting to think that maybe this wasn't filmed in America. And they're like, well, we can't get Americans to travel outside of the U.S. during COVID. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Nate, my issue, I feel like I never got to finish the thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's fine. No, it's fine. It's just the name of this movie is poorly chosen. Mm -hmm. And it it sets up an expectation, especially like the movie poster for this movie is Liam Neeson holding a rifle in an epic style. And then, like, there's an alternate movie poster where he's looking down the scope of a rifle. Yeah. It's like, you can't make that the movie poster when he only shoots three people, one at the beginning and three at the end. And not really from long range. 
not really longer. I mean, when they're in that final scene with the barn, I guess it was a little farther, but it's just not. I feel like marksman. Like he didn't need to be a marksman. He just needed to know how to like look down a rifle scope, and he probably would have been fine. So anyway, I, I I feel like that's my biggest issue with the movies. Don't title it the marksman when yeah you don't really shoot anybody. Not not very cool action in this no. one. Not as much shooting. And then like you were saying, the morals of the story are so seemingly diametrically opposed to each other and just like a hodgepodge again like we see a border patrol cop taking a wad of cash from the cartel and like we see another police person in the middle of oklahoma on a cell phone with the cartel giving it to liam neeson somehow a guy in oklahoma is like in the pocket of the cartel like i don't know if there was a single good police person in this movie like no the Lisa's daughter the, the daughter yeah the daughter-in-law yeah, but she's she's like immigration border patrol stuff like any normal like cop in this movie is bad yeah i guess you're right i mean that guy was so obviously like it was so weird how he was like in yeah he was in the middle of oklahoma and he's like has the number for the cartel guy that who's chasing after him right uh, and of all policemen on this highway I don't know. Anyway, so all of that is convoluted. But what the movie is trying to do is as Liam Neeson is traveling along with this boy mm-hmm. who he like is a very tenuous relationship at first. They don't really like each other. It's supposed to show this relationship growing throughout the movie where Liam Neeson begins to care for the boy mm-hmm. and the boy sees him as a surrogate father figure. And it's like, do I believe that maybe sometimes do you believe that arc? I think the arc was fine, but that arc, if you're going to make that the story, yeah. if you're going to make the story about like these two becoming, these two from different sides of the track, I think I would have liked it better if he was like, if Liam Neeson kind of comes into the movie thinking one thing and then comes out the end being like, hey, turns out like this kid's all right sort of thing. And Right. You know, we but. should we should all think a little bit more about immigration or whatever. Right. But it it wasn't about that. Like the movie showed their relationship getting somewhat better when he was like, here's some gummy bears or whatever. Right. But the real the real story was about how somehow they get tracked across the great, great Midwest area, somehow get tracked by bad guys, which is inconceivable that you (laughs) without being without having access to traffic cameras or the greater fbi that you would be able to track people across these giant states by using them using a credit card and somehow staying like on top of them then finding a map with the word chicago circled on it like (laughs) and posting up on some highway Yes. In northern Illinois, like, oh, now that we know where they're going because this map has circled <laughs> Chicago. And then there was like the weird 24 station safe house where there was like one computer <sighs> guy from the drug cartel tracking every credit card <laughs> purchase. Exactly. He had a notification come up on his computer screen that said, new credit card purchase. And it's like, I don't know if that's how it works. It shouldn't be the cartel that's tracking him on the credit card. It should be the border patrol people right. who's like, hey, this guy's kidnapped a kid. Yeah. We need to like stop him. But again, all of this is to make you feel like Liam Neeson's doing the right thing. He's being noble. He's doing this mission and he is like taking him to Chicago. Because apparently, once you get to Chicago, 
all your problems are gone. <laughs> right. They what, can't find you anymore. All, the cartel can't find you in Chicago because you're too far from Arizona or whatever. So at one point, the boy calls out Liam Neeson for saying, you're just doing this for the money, the bag of money that might be $20,000. It might be a million. Who knows? Uh, who knows? And, and so at some point, in order to show his like caring for the boy and that he's not doing uh-huh. it for the money, Liam Neeson burns this bag of money. You know what's better than burning a bag of money? Spending it? Buying a car. Nate. So that you don't have a bullet hole ridden truck to take you across the U.S. Just go to any car salesman and be like, I have a bag of cash. Would you like it? I said that like three times during this movie to Whitney. I was like, why didn't he just buy a car? That's all he needed to do. You can drive a car into the lake after you get to Chicago if you feel like you need to get rid of the drug money. Right. So dumb. So there's the burning of the money. Yeah, just leave the car on the side of the road in, in Chicago if you feel bad about it. But like, Or donate it to some old lady. I don't know. <laughs> don't burn a bag of money. I think there were just – I don't know. Maybe that money was counterfeit. Maybe it was cartel marked. Maybe the, the guy in front of the TV screen is somehow tracking the bills. I guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> So we get to, the, this is the whole movie, the cartel is chasing Liam Neeson and the boy, and we get to the final scene at this like farm. Can we talk about Miguel the boy? Yes. Miguel the boy, played by Jacob Perez. I can't tell. At first I thought, I'm not sure if this kid's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Like That was my first thought. I was like, ah, this might be a, not a great child actor. Right. But going along the movie more, I kind of came around on, on Jacob Perez's performance because it was the performance of like just like a boy who's sort of been in shock from his mother dying and is kind of just checked out like low emotion just kind of like yeah okay fine and then he has moments like out outrage or whatever but i thought the performance was unlike most kids performances i see in these movies where he was kind of just deadpan the whole time Mm -hmm. and i ended up sort of liking it what do you think about jacob perez's miguel i have a girlfriend at home Someday, I'll marry her. I did. I liked him, too. And the moment, you know, Liam Neeson doesn't think he speaks, speaks English. And then at one point, he just comes out and, like, orders something <laughs> with a waitress. And Liam Neeson's like, for real? He's speaking English this whole time? And so I liked him. I actually looked him up. I was trying to figure out how old he was, like, in real mm-hmm. life. Could not find his age anywhere on the internet. But I could, I would like to see him in another movie. I think he has a good acting career ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. I liked him in this movie. And especially... In the last scene, which we're about to talk about. So, Also, you mentioned the speaking English thing. Is there any excuse, if you're Liam Neeson and have lived basically all of your life on a patch of land that is connected to Mexico <laughs> that you Mexico. can't speak Spanish? Like, to me, that feels... Even... I'm not talking about just dealing with immigrants. I'm talking just, like, dealing with life at the border has to be a mixture of people who speak Spanish and speak English. Like, there is never a place in the U.S. more in need of bilingual Americans than at the border. And I find it unbelievable that his character doesn't speak Spanish. I mean, he speaks very, very little. I don't know. It's one of the things where I lived in New York for 18 years and I never went to the Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? I think if you yeah, want, same thing. If you want to, I think like this movie portrays, there's probably a world in which you can live in at the border that you never need to speak Spanish, and so you don't. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Found it a little unbelievable. It's a little implausible. Okay, Stephen Liam Neeson's name in this movie is Jim Hansen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I 
So he's almost so a Muppet. close to Jim Henson. So almost. close. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Nate, we get to these the final action scene. The cartel is caught up. Liam Neeson and the boy is going to make their stand against the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson is a marksman for 30 seconds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Takes out two guys with his rifle. And then we get to the final, we come to a hand-to-hand combat with him and the bad guy. Yeah. Now, if you don't want it spoiled right here, we haven't done the rating yet. Spoiler horn. We'll do that in a moment. But here's here's the spoiler horn if you don't want to know the very end. Final fight scene. I The one moment where I really, I liked the boys acting. Jacob Perez, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a good moment is Liam Neeson and the main drug bad guy are like at each other's necks, and the boy picked up the gun mm-hmm. and could have shot the bad guy to help Liam Neeson, but Liam Neeson doesn't want him to do that because, as he said earlier in the movie, because he was in the Marines, that once you kill a man, like things change. Right. And so. The drug bad guy's yelling at him to just shoot, just kill me, because he wants the boy to kind of fall into that life. To become him, right. To become him. And Liam Neeson's like, don't do it. It's a it's a I think an impacting moment. And the boy doesn't. He like puts the gun down and somehow this doesn't make any sense to me. Somehow Liam Neeson is able to like get the gun and shoot the bad guy. And I guess the bad guy just stands there for a minute and is just like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> I don't believe that he wouldn't have like got Liam Neeson in that moment. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought that was I thought that was one of the better moments of the movie, and I I got the emotion there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't need this to get to hand to hand combat. Right. This whole movie, you realize that he's sort of an older, uh, dealing with alcohol, sad man who's helping this boy. We don't need to get to him somehow being an even fight. <laughs> With a right. younger, like, cartel soldier. With a knife thing. With a knife. <laughs> Some kind of knife thing. knifes him a lot of times with his little tiny... A lot of times. Flippy knife. Yes. So Liam Neeson shoots the bad guy. He's now dying on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then comes the strange moment. Yes. Where the bad guy, the main drug guy, earlier in the movie said he was in the military too. They're both military guys. Before he burned Liam Neeson's house to the ground... Yeah. He found one of Liam Neeson's medals yep. that he then kept from Liam Neeson's house. And now in the end, as he is about to die, in the strangest moment, uh-huh. chooses to give the medal back to Liam Neeson as some kind of... Like you bested me? Last minute altruism to say, I you know burned your house down. Sorry, here's your medal. I, that was one of the strangest things. And I don't understand why. I don't know why that happened. Or maybe it's supposed to be like, if your name is connected to me, the rest of the cartel will be after you. So I, the, the that main bad guy, Mauricio, played by Juan Pablo Rabo, yeah, he looks at that metal throughout the movie. Why? No idea. <laughs> no. Hunting for clues, admiring his valor. I don't know. But yes, he gives him back to him. And Jim Hansen... <laughs> then gives him one bullet and a gun and is basically like you know what to do i know like and that seems kind of (laughs) dangerous don't shoot me with it no you have a choice didn't you think that during this movie the only reason they are chasing this tiny boy across the united states 
and doing all these things is because the boy has like the tattooed map of Fort Knox <laughs> on his back or yeah. like there's some like the boy has seen something or like knows about some infiltrate like there's a bigger thing like because otherwise why chase a tiny boy across the United States who's just well, going I, to Chicago I think half of it was because Liam Neeson killed the main drug cartel's brother and so it was like a vendetta thing but seemed pretty far to go for a vendetta but you know yeah. it happens yeah it happens. So in the end, Liam Neeson gets the boy to the family's house in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That part is like happy ending. And then in an even weirder moment, mm-hmm. this movie ends with mm-hmm. Liam Neeson injured, bloody, mm-hmm. getting on a city bus, mm-hmm. leaning over to fall asleep like he has done multiple times in this movie in his truck. Mm-hmm. And the movie just fades to credits. And I have no idea whether he was oh. just falling asleep or dead. Steven, Steven, <laughs> no Steven. Idea. Oh, he died. Yes. He died right there. He did die. He looked down, he opened his jacket, which and sees the blood there, which is right. movie shorthand for I'm okay. dying. Okay. And then he leans he leans against the railing on the bus and he dies there. Nate, the end. Roll credits. <laughs> that is a terrible ending. I'll just say that. I mean, I guess it's closure. <laughs> but that's silly. That's a silly, silly ending. Well, could, could you imagine what his life would be if he did? He would go to jail. Die. He would be in jail because he broke jail. all the laws. Yeah. <laughs> so I like. I guess it's better than that. But my goodness, we, can we talk about this? Is for those who struggle with disturbing imagery. I need you to just skip ahead thirty seconds. I'm not going to oh. describe it, but I am yeah. going to talk about it. Okay, go ahead. Liam Neeson's dog gets shot in this movie. Liam Neeson's dog was the greatest character. <laughs> and Liam Neeson's dog yes. was a nice little touch throughout. And early on in the movie, I turned to Jill and I said, I think that dog's going to die. And yeah. she was like, no, don't tell me. I was like, no, I think he's going to die. The dog gets shot off screen, but it is quite sad and it has John Wick-esque vibes because you, <laughs> now you've really made Liam Neeson mad. Right. But I'm not sure if we needed a dog death in this movie. I don't think I don't think this yeah. movie deserved that. I agree. In 30 seconds, I would have said this movie would have been just fine with the dog sitting next to him on the bus at the end of the movie. Like, it would have been just fine. Yep. Doing that too. Laying the, the dog lays its head on right. Jim Hansen's so- knee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's rate this movie. Nate, on a scale... On a scale of zero to five. Better not be gun related because there's nothing gun in this movie. No, no. I'm going to say zero to five army medals. The one small object that makes no sense in this movie about why the bad guy gave it back. I will go first. I give this movie two medals. I find it to be meh at best. And I hope Liam Neeson comes back with something better so we can remember him by Mm. whatever comes next and not this one. I will give the marksman one medal. Oh, what? I think I think this is a bad movie. I do not think it's entertaining. I don't think it's heartwarming. It's just this it's it's not good. Like it's not good. I think that it is pretty for maybe trying to be all things all people. I also think it's pretty heavy towards a specific crowd and I felt like it uses a lot of shorthand without actually giving me a moral to the story. So I think it gives a lot of like wink and nod to certain viewers. Like, hey, if you see this older guy with a rifle, you'll rent this movie and then you'll right, find right. parts that you like, for example. Yeah. But I think there's just no substance, much like our bonus episode today. <laughs> no, I think no. it's all marshmallow, no substance. Oh, I see what you did there. That's very good. Well, on that note, listener, 
you should definitely check out our bonus episodes, which we had a good one because we talked about s'mores and Oreos and a white buffalo. You can get our bonus episodes at patreon.com slash movies on the side, or you can actually subscribe right in the Apple Podcast app. If you listen there, you can actually do a three-day free trial, listen to the bonus episodes for free, and cancel it or keep going because you get access to all of our future bonus episodes. And you can follow us on Instagram at movies on the side. We'd love to hear from you there. And if you haven't yet, we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed this review of the 2021 movie, The Marksman. And as we always say, I don't scare easy. There are no quotes in IMDb. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) That was perfect. That was perfect.